0: All right, well, good morning. Valentine's Day is coming up this week. Thought I'd find a video that kind of talked about that a little bit, so there it is. Um, I'm not Pastor Allen, as you can tell, obviously. I'm Pastor Clint, and Pastor Allen's not feeling well today, so I got the call Friday to, to jump in for him, and so I pulled out a good trusty message, and here we go. So uh, I'm excited, though, to get to talk. Um, there's someone else up here, so Andy's going to be Working on this project, and we'll talk about it more later, uh, behind me as I talk today. And so we're doing a message uh, called, What Does God Think About When He Thinks About You? That's a mouthful. It's maybe a question you never thought about. But what pops in God's mind when He thinks about you is kind of the idea. And so, you know, I was thinking about that this week, and I was like, um, or well, in the short term I had it, and I thought about it. Like, when I'm driving down the road, sometimes some of my friends back home, were from Missouri originally, might pop in my head. I got this one guy, that we used to fish a lot, and he's one of those great friends that, like, you could go a year without seeing. And then see him, and it's just like you never left off. It's right exactly where you're at, and it's just, it's an awesome friendship. And so, he pops in my head sometimes, or family members pop in my head sometimes. And, and <clears throat> then I think about what, what, what happens when I pop in God's head. In God's head. What happens when you guys pop in God's head? And I get it, the theology behind it. Like, God could definitely be thinking about all of us at the same time. He's capable of that. But for, it's easier for me to understand a little bit to say, I just pop in his head sometimes. And, you know, for a lot of us, we might have the idea that God pop, when we pop in God's head, that he's looking at our sin. He's looking at our issues. He's, he's down on us in some way. And I don't think that's the way it works. So I want to just ex- show you that in the Bible. What the Bible says, some amazing things about what he thinks about us, when he thinks about us. And so recently we, we did a, uh, a sermon series called Measuring Up at Refuge, our student ministry. And I was like, okay, how can I connect the students at Refuge with this campus right here? Because, you know, for, that, for most of those students, they may never cross foot on our campus. And we're okay with that because we built their, the, that ministry knowing it was an outreach, knowing that it wasn't a youth group, that they, they may come to that and never come here. But we do desire for them to come here. We want them. We feel like that they could get plugged in here and have so much more to their Christian walk if they're part of the family, right, and part of our church. And so I was thinking of a way with this message that... I connected with them, and so I, I came up with this idea to, a particular song matched our message really well. It's You Say by Laura, Lauren Daigle. I say her name wrong every time. So, thank you. Um, so, you know, I could have just played the YouTube video or whatever, and, but I decided to go ahead and go a little bit further. So, I asked our praise band here to record it, and they did an awesome acoustic set for that, and recorded it, and we, it was a personal way for us to connect and let them see our environment here, and refuge, and for them to hear this song. And you know, they're teenagers, it didn't go over as great as I thought it would, but it, I think some of it connected with, and the words were so cool, and, and there was a particular quote that Claudia had turned me on to, and I'd, I've included it in our message today because it fits perfectly uh, with that. And so, here's the quote. It's by Tim Keller. He's a pa- uh, pastor and writer, a real popular guy. And uh, So it says, you are the delight and the joy of the only person in the universe who matters. So think about that. I mean, we're bombarded with all kinds of opinions about us, right? Uh, I was thinking this week, I was like, um, you know, back in the day, maybe some of you guys still do this. You have a landline, right? You phone by your bed just for emergencies, well, my phone's not like that. <laughs> I'm on my phone before I go to bed, and I'm on my phone this moment I get up. It's actually my alarm, and I check, and I see, right? I, and you guys are probably like this too, right? You check Facebook. You check Instagram. You check uh, the news, and there's all kinds of stuff, even from the moment you wake up, that you're going to be exposed to that could potentially be saying something about you. Like, uh, you might read a headline that says, 99% of Americans are overweight. We're not really that bad. We're on our way. We're working on that, but you might read something like that in the news, or you might check your Facebook and see how many notifications you got for that sweet duck lift selfie you know, that you made. Um, it, whatever it is, we have all kinds of information coming in and different opinions, and people can say negative stuff. Sometimes they will, and sometimes it'll be, uh, you're too big, too small, too little, too shy, too talkative, too outgoing, you work too hard, you don't work enough. I mean, there's just so many things that people say to us all the time. Everybody's got an opinion, right? And you guys know the rest of that one. But everybody's got an opinion. And ultimately, it doesn't matter what they think. I mean, we want to have good testimony, right? We want to be a good example. So that's important. But all that negative junk, it doesn't matter. What matters to me and what I think we should focus on is how God thinks of us. How He thinks of us. And so, That quote nails it, really. He's with delight and the joy and the one person that matters. God's opinion matters, and that's it. But I know when I'm feeling down on myself, or I've I've taken in some bad feedback or whatever else, I'm in the grocery store maybe, and I I look over at the magazines, and I'm like, man, I have to have that wrong with me because every magazine tells me I've got that wrong with me, right? I mean, I don't have a yacht. I don't have a six-pack. I don't ever think I will. So I must be, something must be wrong. Maybe you feel that way. And so when I, in that very moment, I need to say, nah, what, what does God think about me? Maybe you should say, what does God think about you? And so that's what we're going to talk about, just a few things today that God, that we can rest in and we can be positive about because God is thinking of you in this way. So number one, God thinks you are worth delighting in that I'm telling you that quote was perfect for this message that I wrote a long time ago. And so the verse says this, the Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. That's powerful. The mighty warrior who saved. If you're looking for a Christian tattoo, That's the one, right? The mighty warrior who saves. I think that would be an awesome God tattoo. Um, Maybe I'll get that across my chest in like Old English or something, you know, really tight. It'd be pretty crazy. Uh, No, it's not happening. But um, he takes great delight in you. So when you pop in his mind, he's happy. It's kind of like when you see somebody across the room that you know, and their face kind of lights up, and you're like, man. That person knows me. They get me. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's a friend. Whatever it is. A sibling. They get me. They they know me. They have joy from me. They're thinking about me. And and God delights in us in that way. He expresses joy. He's not looking to rebuke us. That means, like, he's not looking to smack us with a ruler, right? It's not how it works. He is Thinking about us and is happy to see, happy to know us. And one of the things I ran across this morning, actually when I was preaching, this, he will sing over you. I didn't know God sang. I mean, I went to Bible college, I went to seminary, I never even thought of that. It tells me God sings. I mean, it's like American Idol times a million. You know, God never gets it wrong, and He sings perfectly. And I think that's cool that He sings. Just throwing that out there doesn't do with the message, but really cool. God delights in us. Next thing is that God thinks you're worth fighting for. A lot of times we feel like we're not worth fighting for, right? Maybe we just don't meet that expectation. We're just not worth the time. That and it's amazing that God would do that. But God thinks you're worth fighting for. The Bible says in Exodus fourteen fourteen, the Lord will fight for you. You need to be still. That's pretty cool. It's an Old Testament reference, but I think it still applies to who God is, right? God is saying, I will fight for you. And you know what? The times that we're we're not still, when we're running after everything and we're so busy, we're so exhausted on trying to make things our own and do it our way, those are the times we're forgetting that God is in our corner, that God is fighting for us. And the proof is that he will fight for us is so much more true and resonates when you think about the cross, God stepped out of heaven to fight for you. He's to fight for me. He knew our sin was going to wreck us. And he chose to fight for us. He chose to conquer death and co- to conquer sin and come into our lives. One of the things I want us all to think about is God doesn't need you. He wants you. I mean, just think about that for a second. God doesn't need you. He wants you. Let's say it together. God doesn't need you. He wants you. Say it like this. God doesn't need me. He wants me. He wanted me so much. He wanted you so much that he did whatever it took. He went to the trenches, you could say, for us. Because he did not want to be separated for, for, from us forever. He wanted our forever to be with him. So he's willing to fight for us. That's amazing. When you're dealing with life and you realize that life is just overwhelming, I mean, you guys feel like that sometimes, like overwhelming? It's like life is just, oh, it's like a wet blanket. It just takes over. Trust in that. God's fighting for you. And I don't have to do it all on my own. I can just trust that he's got me. And there's things I gotta do. You know, I can't just crawl up in a ball and let him do everything, but to know that he's there and that he's fighting for me, and ultimately that he did the most fighting ever on the cross, and in an empty tomb, that is amazing to me. And so next, we'll talk about God thinks you are his masterpiece, so that's why we have a painting up here today, and it just so happens that they are refuge colors, because we needed some wall art. So it works out. Two birds one stone there. Um, There's some tape here. You might have saw it once you started. That'll come off. There'll be some words written on it. It'll be really cool, I think. And so, masterpiece. We're God's masterpiece. The Bible says this in, 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 in Psalms 139, 13. For you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. So God was on purpose about making me. God was on purpose about making you. He, You are his masterpiece. And there's some things I'm like, man, God, why, why do I have to struggle with certain things that you've given me, like uh, being overweight? Can't you just erase that from this masterpiece? Wasn't that a mistake? And he says, yeah, uh, no, it wasn't a mistake, but you can erase it. <laughs> so he kind of puts, flips it on me, I think. But there's, all, there's things that we all deal with, right? We don't feel like a masterpiece sometimes, for whatever reason, but we are God's masterpiece. And whenever you're doing life, walking around, it's, it's probably good for us to remember that God's masterpieces are just walking all around you too, right? When we begin to look at people as God's masterpiece, and ourselves as God's masterpiece, it can change us in the way we see people, and the way we see ourselves, because they have value, I mean, think about it, right, uh, if with art, art, I don't really understand art a lot, I'm not really sophisticated, I guess, when it comes to that, like, this could be five billion dollars or something, and somebody will travel across the country just to ooh and all over it, and even though I think it's amazing, Angie, <laughs> it's good, I don't know if it's worth that much money, but then somebody, you know, somebody buys it, and they put it on their wall, and then they've got bragging rights at all their cocktail parties, or whatever they do, society-wise, it doesn't make sense to me, but God has a masterpiece in you. You have value to him. And I think artists are proud of their work. Why, if, why would they put the time and the, the effort into making it? And God is our artist, right? He, he designed us. He created us. We have value. And it's something we've got to remember whenever we're dealing with all kinds of issues. We can think that God looks at us as his masterpiece. And lastly, this is a short message. God loves and accepts you as is. That's amazing to me. Because no matter how good I am or how bad I am, God loves me. No, much, no matter how, many, how much baggage I have, how many times that I've screwed up, how dirty I feel at times, God loves me just as I am and he loves you just as you are and the verse we'll look at the verse here Jeremiah 31 3 I have loved you with everlasting love I have drawn you with unfailing kindness everlasting love that means he loved you before you were created that means he will love you forever sometimes we think God I'm just I'm just not worthy to be loved and that's probably true right sin is hard to love and I'm full of sin. But he tells me right there, and tells you, I've loved you with an everlasting love. I've drawn you with an unfailing kindness. What does that mean? I mean, we know what kindness is. What's unfailing kindness? I think examples of unfailing kindness from God would be the cross. I mean, the fact that he would go to the cross for us, he would extend that favor. That kindness to us is amazing. It's relentless. Almost unfailing. It's kind of like relentless. The fact that he drew us in. He's in pursuit of us. He's fighting for us, right? We're his masterpiece. He's in pursuit of us. That's awesome. Because even if we're seekers, maybe we're looking for God, it's nothing compared to how much he's looking for us. Because he doesn't need us, but he wants us. And so, He's drawing us in with this unfailing kindness. And we have to remember that. And maybe think about how can we extend kindness to others that represent that? How can we love people in a way like as is love? You know, when it comes to loving people, a lot of times we want to fix them first. And I'm so thankful that God doesn't work that way. God doesn't say, hey, whenever you get your stuff together together, come see me. He doesn't work that way. He says, come to me and then we will fix your stuff. I will mold you into what you need to be. I will be with you the entire time, every step. I think that's part of his everlasting love. And the fact that it's everlasting is good because whenever I screw up in that process, which I do, whenever you guys screw up in the process, which I'm sure you're doing, sometimes, he doesn't say, I'm done. And then people do that, right? I mean, if you screw up, they're done. They're just done with you. We have, we have limited love. It's not supposed to be that way, but that's the way it is. And sometimes we reflect that back on God. We say, God, you've got to have unlimited love because look at what I did. Our limited love. But he says, no, I have unla- everlasting love. And so... One of the things I want, think is cool is Billy Graham. Some of you guys know who he is. Some of guys don't. Uh, the more I deal with teenagers, the more I realize they don't have any idea who he is. Um, but there was a song that was super popular and it came out of a result of his crusade, crusades. And it was just as I am. And just I, as I am, when I watch the old videos, because I, like I said, I'm a fan of, of him. So I watch his videos. That's, I'm a dork, okay? So anyway... I watch these videos, and thousands, hundreds of thousands of people will come out of the stands and go down and get saved when this song plays. And, and I'm just like, man, that is a powerful song. We need to redo that song. Hey, you might get on that. I'm just kidding. Uh, they need to bring that back because there's a whole other generation that could experience something from that song, potentially. But it's, it's him getting us just where I'm at, just as I am, just where I'm at. And I think it's really powerful. And so I'll close this morning saying this, a few things, that you are God's masterpiece, right? He knitted you together in his womb. He has a purpose for you. He also loves you as is. He delights in you. So whenever you're dealing with that crap in your life, think about that. Like for real, let it be your perspective on yourself because that's God's perspective of you. And so, we'll pray. If everyone will bow their head and close their eyes. Maybe you're here today and you've never accepted Christ. You've never started that relationship with Him. You've never said, yes, Lord. And today's the day to do that. I want to give you an opportunity right now to, to make that decision because God loves you. You're His masterpiece and He wants to reconnect with you. This connection that sin that we all have separates us from him. And, God, uh, and I want you guys, if, you, if that's you, if you've never made that decision, just to pray something like this. God, come into my life. I know I'm a sinner. I've messed up. And if you were to hold me to a perfect standard, I would not meet that standard, God. And based on what I'm hearing, you died because you loved for me and then you rose again, and you conquered sin. I believe that. I don't have all the answers, God, but just, I want to learn to love you back. Now, if you just pray with me for the first time, no one looking around, I'm not going to call you out or or embarrass you. I just want you to raise your hand. I just want to see I'm the only one looking around. And for Christians in the room, God wants us to love others as is. He wants us to understand how he looks at us, how he thinks about us. Maybe take a moment right now and just pray to God that, to show you his perspective of who, how he thinks of you. Maybe take a moment now and just say, God, show me who this week I need to, sh- to love as is. Show me that person. Put them forth on, first on my heart. This week. And I'll close in prayer. God, thank you for showing up today. Thank you for being in this place, God. And thank you for loving me and thinking about me. Thank you about thinking about them. And when we cross your mind, God, it is amazing to know the truths about that. And not the falsehoods, not the lies that we tell ourselves or what other people tell us. But I'm just so thankful that you express those things to us and have showed it to us in this message, God. I pray for Pastor Allen that he'll get to feeling better, God, and that he'll be able to come back and we'll continue our series. Just be with everyone this week and, and allow us to f- love people as is and remember that you love us everlasting. In Jesus' name, amen.